2: What does the future hold for St. Louis, and how do we get there? This is Nothing Impossible on KMOX.
0: Welcome in, Michael and Travis, with you talking about what's happening in St. Louis, setting us up for the future. It's Nothing Impossible, our weekly look at St. Louis innovation.
1: We look at what's now, we look at what's next, and this week, we are looking at both of those things. Some of the now is the new ARCH, a couple of more ARCH grants recipients. And what's next, we're going to dig into uh, geospatial and helping, finding out ways that people can get careers in the geospatial area.
0: Absolutely. This is, uh, we're going to talk first with Gateway Global, American Youth and Business Alliance Academies, which is a STEM-based workforce training and apprenticeship program. And they're launching the nation's first geospatial-focused campus just a mile away from the upcoming National Geospatial Intelligence Agency's headquarters. So we've got some on-the-ground training coming for folks who are, you know, we we talk so much about geospatial. People who live in that neighborhood are watching the walls go up for NGA, and and a lot of people have the question, how do I get involved in this? Or I'm making a big career change. What what do I need to do to prepare for the future? And this is just another step in that.
1: Well, or... If the building opens in 2025, and I'm a, currently a high school kid, how do I get a job in there?
0: And then we're going to go, as you mentioned, with a couple of Arch Grants companies who are moving to St. Louis. One of them from Iowa, uh, and they're they're coming here to take advantage of the startup ecosystem.
1: Well, uh, and but the first one we're going to talk to is uh, has to do with football. And, you know, this used to be a football town. Football's been back in the news recently as Stan Kroenke and his uh, his cohorts of merry men are uh, trying to battle through some legal battles. But we're going to move away from the ownership and right onto the gridiron, at least at a virtual sense, uh, and talk to a company that is helping quarterbacks get incrementally better through technology. You know, one of the other thing, the other company we're going to wrap up with is InfraLytics, and they are not only an arts grants recipient, but they also went through Capital Innovators uh, program specifically for geospatial, and they're relocating here from Iowa. And uh, yeah, it's like they are stacking up <laughs> different uh, accelerator programs and to help fund the the growth of their company.
0: Yeah, so that's exciting. We'll talk with and, and the fact that they this the Arch Grant is not their first brush with St. Louis. We're bringing people in through multiple doors now into the startup ecosystem, and so uh, stay tuned. We'll we'll tell you more about these Arch Grants companies after we introduce you to Gateway Global. That's up next on Nothing Impossible on KMOX.
2: St. Louis Innovation with Michael and Travis. Nothing Impossible on KMOX.
0: Well, as we continue talking about St. Louis innovation, Michael and Travis with you, there's a first-in-the-nation hub for innovation coming to North St. Louis to get ready for the rush of geospatial jobs in St. Louis.
1: Yeah, we I mean, we've, we talk a lot about the geospatial sector on this show. Uh, and the top-of-mind question that we I think that we still have out there is, Where is the talent going to come from? I know we already have some talented people here, but how do young people get into these career fields?
0: And how do those who live across the street from the NGA and have dreams of working in that facility, how do they get into this talent pipeline and attain the skills that are necessary? Let's bring in Gateway Global's chair and CEO, Zakita Armstrong-Asuko, for the latest on this. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: So tell us about this new campus and why it's the first in the nation coming to North St. Louis.
2: So Gateway Global is opening the first geospatial and IT workforce and apprenticeship uh, campus. And it is the first in the nation coming to St. Louis because St. Louis is now positioned to be the geospatial uh, hub of the globe. Um, And we're very excited to be able to skill, um, a train and skill, talent to feed into not only NGA, but its industry partners.
1: Yeah, and we, we know about the, you know, several thousand jobs that will be at NGA, specifically, you know, the government-related jobs, but there's a number of uh, contractors and support organizations and really this entire industry and sector that will need a workforce. Talk a little bit about the types of jobs that, that you envision.
2: Yeah, so specifically what we train folks on um, is at the geospatial technician level. Our program is called the Entry to Executive, uh, and so we are offering geospatial intelligence, geographic information systems, and also adding data analytics and then some entry to artificial intelligence as well. And so because we have that suite of stackable uh, credentials that are being offered, uh Folks who are going into the industry will qualify for that technician level, but then also uh, qualify for uh, positions that are beyond that technician level. So if you look at something like uh, an analyst apprentice or a junior analyst in geospatial, those jobs will be – they're they're plentiful, for one thing. But folks who receive the training and pass and earn the credentials will qualify for those and will really help to fill a much-needed pipeline in industry.
0: So what are the what are the the duties that I guess are entailed in each of those uh, that you mentioned? For instance, does it involve sitting and coding or or what what does the person actually do in those jobs?
2: So there's not sitting in coding. There is a little bit of coding that um, is related to the analyst roles. They do learn to code, obviously, you know, if they're going to be learning analytics and then also the entry level, um, some entry to artificial intelligence, there will be some of that. But it's not just sitting and coding per se. A lot of folks who come through our programming are not really interested in coding, to be quite honest. There are some folks that are interested primarily in solving big problems and using technology to do that. So a lot of the, to answer your question, a lot of the work, that is done in these roles involves you know again building maps uh, data analysis it's uh, collecting and curating geospatial data and then backing up uh, data scientists that need to help uh, government and industry solve really big problems
1: well I noticed that uh, there's a couple of facilities that you that you all have planned uh, around the no- old North and Hyde Park neighborhoods uh, a number of young people in those uh, neighborhoods as well how how do young people get interested in this? I mean, very few people, unless you are you have a parent that works in in this sector, know about these types of uh, career fields. However, many young people are still either connected to the internet or walking around with phones and using map technology. How do you make the bridge between the tools they might be using now and actual careers in this field?
2: You know, what's interesting is we have found ourselves very uniquely positioned in that when we engage young people, um, we start with The big picture problem first. So we don't go in with um, the super technical talk because quite often if they're not already geared towards those things, they won't really be interested. We um, kind of brand ourselves and, and say that we marry the social sciences with the hard science, right? And so when we get young people interested, it's you know, again, going back to that, finding the big problems that need to be solved. Here's the technology that needs to solve it, and then we, then will say, here is the, the the type of applications that you can use to solve these problems. Here are mapping applications, um, the ESRI platform, which is the world standard, is what we use, and they learn all eight professional extensions of that. Um, it's really the the gap is bridged by starting with the problem and then figuring out the technology that needs to solve that problem. That's how we get them interested, and that's what keeps them going through the course.
0: ESRI, Esri, we've interviewed them on the show before. Travis, that's one of the global giants in this geospatial industry that's uh, launched and really is growing a presence here in the St. Louis area.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really exciting to see the role that industry is playing uh, from a variety of levels, but especially mm. some of the industry leaders, taking an interest in developing the next generation of talent that they're honestly going to need for them to remain relevant as companies.
2: Fully agree. Esri has been a big supporter uh, of our programming, and we, um, you know, we, use their, we use the Arc Pro, which is, again, the world standard, so our students are getting the best of the best in terms of um, mapping application technology.
0: How does this fit into the ongoing conversation uh, in society today about uh, credentials and, and just having the skills? Can you do the job or not versus have you gone to college? Do you have a degree? Have you done all these other things? How does this fit into that national conversation and the personal decisions that people are making about what's the best route for me?
2: This fits in perfectly because it gives people alternatives, especially young people who, what we call in betweeners, they, they're out of high school but they haven't quite figured out what they want to do if they're thinking about it at all. And so we are very careful about, um, steer, we don't steer young people away from higher education. We often tell them, earn our credentials, get into the workforce, and then figure out a way to pursue higher education if you uh, want to have more rural responsibility and higher pay. We're very serious about that because we do understand that while you don't need a college degree for everything, quite often, um, if you pursue more education, again... More rural responsibility and higher pay. So we talk to young people about that so that they know what the options are. But this fits in very perfectly because there are quite a few young, uh, uh, recent graduates and then young adults who haven't figured out exactly whether or not they want to pursue higher education. But one thing is for certain, they know they need skills and they know they need to go to work. And they're thinking about, you know, how do I go to work in a place that's important and that I'm doing work that makes a significant contribution. Um, We see that a lot with young people and so Um, That's a really key piece of this.
0: It also seems like it feeds into the talk about uh, do you learn everything all at once and then you're just done learning or do you have continuing education? Are there things you need to update on or new skills you might have to add or even somebody who's decades into their working life and it's time to make a drastic change? And that's daunting. Where do you begin with that kind of a situation, too? So it, it, it seems like it feeds into all of these scenarios.
2: It actually does you're quite right, you're quite right. Uh, we get a lot of inquiries from adults who are looking to transition, who are interested in being lifelong learners who who are you know have maybe had a college degree or not, um, who are interested in getting more skills and and looking for um, more opportunities, so it does fit the mold um, really for the entire spectrum
1: and I noticed uh, in the announcement and the articles that I've read that there are uh, two phases of this, phase one and phase two, phase one targeting a completion date of uh, 2022, end of that year, and phase two by 2024. Tell us what's Mm -hmm. comprised in these phases, because I saw something quite interesting, a geospatial simulation theater. Um, (laughs) I'm really intrigued by that. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Um, So phase one is, uh, again, you know, two existing structures that we have, which will be used for, uh, they'll be renovated and um, used for training and innovation labs. Also, there will be space uh, carved out for uh, community engagement and community um, computer labs for young people who um, need access to Wi-Fi and to devices. And then we'll also bring in some K through eight um, STEM partners for after school and summer programming in separate parts of uh, the building that are designated for them. So that's all in phase one. So it really is a full you know, training and innovation center. And again, serving that entire spectrum. Um, and so phase two with the geospatial simulation theater, we're super excited about because that piece will be new construction um, and it is Uh, And we have land in Old North, St. Louis, and um, that will be four different areas of uh, simulation, um, air, land, water, and outer space. And so the community will be able to go in there and be able to um, have experiential learning with um, simulation using AR and VR to understand spatial concepts, but then also have some gaming and some, some entertainment while they're doing it. So the idea behind that is that they can have that experience and that it's not all just, um, you know, on paper or in theory or, you know, when they're in a learning environment, something exciting um, that is related to everything that's happening in the industry cluster.
0: And when NGA was first announced, uh, the, the technology move, uh, community moving in here, there was concern that um, all right, this is going to be a big campus behind a bunch of tall walls, and those who live mm-hmm. around it are never going to see it or be able to take part in it. How are how are this, the community, how are the neighbors reacting to this this news?
2: I think the neighbors are reacting great. So I've spent time sitting on some community association meetings. I've talked to a lot of folks in the community. And the excitement um, is primarily around the fact that there will be access to everything that's happening in the industry cluster. It is directed towards people in the community so that they understand that, um, this is not something that is happening to them. This is something that they can fully engage and participate in. And it's for all of us to participate in. I mean, this is a tremendous opportunity. You know, NGA deciding to stay in St. Louis is a big deal. And so we want to make sure that young people in the surrounding communities, and, and even adults, you know, the family at large, understand that there's opportunity to be had from the workforce perspective From the innovative perspective, if they want to open businesses in the community, there's lots of opportunities to be had, and we want to show them that all of this is for them, and we want them to fully participate. And the reaction has been great uh, so far uh, with regard to not only the facilities that we're bringing into the community, but the fact that we've been training young people um, to go into this industry, and NGA um, specifically, I know that there was talk about people thinking that walls would go up and they'd be left out, but I have to tell you, I'm sitting in NGA Moonshot Labs right now, actually, where the meeting is that I was having today, and NGA is very open um, to engaging the community. They're very concerned about it, and they are working very hard with community leaders like myself and others, especially within the Geo Future Strategic Roadmap um, Initiative, to be sure that we're doing everything that we can uh, to get the community involved and to make sure that there's a pipeline and that everyone understands that this is happening for all of us and that it's a good thing.
1: Well, I have to ask, I I know that um, many residents and communities in in the North uh, St. Louis area, especially Hyde Park, St. Louis Place, Old North have uh, felt the burden and the strain of large developments in the past, I think specifically around North Side regeneration and some of the unfulfilled promises there. Uh, this project comes with what I think I saw as a $25 million price tag. Um, yeah. Where are you in the funding process? And you know, what are some concerns you have about maybe uh, roadblocks that could get in your way? And how do we overcome those?
2: So we're very far in the funding process. That's not our concern. Our biggest concern is just making sure that construction stays on um, target. <laughs> because construction, we've been told from you know consulting that there's always things that come up in constructing construction. And that's really our biggest concern. Um, we feel very, very confident in funding and also the support. Um, so we're not worried about that at all.
0: We've seen the fundraising at other, you know, T-Rex and all the company logos on the side of their walls of their supporters. Uh, how has the fundraising been? Uh, who's been the big supporter or supporters for this campus?
2: So our biggest supporters right now are in industry. Um, our biggest supporters are Leidos, um, GDIT. Um, We have a partnership with Maxar, and then we are moving forward with a lot of other partnerships. Industry has been a huge supporter of ours. Um, We also are partners um, with NGA, not for the campus specifically, but for education and other things that we're working on. And so the the support is tremendous. The other thing is that we, um, you know, I recently took a trip uh, to Washington, D.C., and that was to um, bridge the gap between the leadership from NGA there um, to what's happening here so that we can get more support, not just from um, government, but also from our big industry partners that um, have headquarters there in the D.C. area. So we're support is taken care of. We're, we're all good
1: there. And if people wanted to learn more about uh, this project and how to get involved, what, where should they go? Um, what's the website? How do people follow this?
2: So our website is www.ggayba.org, and it stands for Gateway Global American Youth and Business Alliance. Um, And you can go there and find out all the information about our programming, our board members, um, some of our core staff, and then we will soon start putting up updates about everything that's happening in the community and everything that we're working towards to make sure that we make a big impact.
0: G-G-A-Y-B-A dot org stands for Gateway Global American Youth and Business Alliance Academies the chair and CEO Zakita Armstrong-Asuko joining us on Nothing Impossible thank you so much for your time
1: thank you alright stick around for more Nothing Impossible right after this on KMOX now back to Nothing Impossible on the voice of St.
2: Louis KMOX
0: Welcome back to Nothing Impossible, and we're continuing to bring you into the latest Arch Grants class, the newest companies that are getting $50,000 to move to or stay in St. Louis, Travis.
1: Not a small sum of money. It's a bit that can go toward helping a startup or an early stage company hit some new milestones, uh, achieve what might be next for them. And for some of those, it could just be a matter of inches maybe some of you would, would say fourth and inches i'm just here referencing uh, the book written by uh, the our next guest uh, john tomlinson who is the ceo and co-founder of equalizer games also the author of a book called fourth and inches A football Coach's seasonal devotional uh john thanks for joining us
3: thank you i appreciate the opportunity
1: so tell us a little bit about Equalizer Games before we jump into the Arch Grants process and what you might do with that $50,000. What is Equalizer Games?
3: Yeah, so Equalizer Games is a software and educational platform that allows student-athletes to get virtual reps at their position before they ever step on the field physically. And, and, and thus, if they can get smarter before they step on the field, that can eliminate some injuries, probably eliminate a couple of L's in the, in the, in the loss column make the coach a lot happier and help the player play a little faster because they can improve their cognitive skills before they step on the field. So how, how is that done? So currently we have a a beta product on the market. It's called the quarterback equalizer. A user downloads the tool and then they can purchase a, a learning platform through our virtual coach. The virtual coach teaches the player coverages as if they were sitting in a classroom learning from their coach the functions that they need before they get onto the field. So there's a virtual coach that teaches you, and then you go into a playing environment as if you were playing Madden or a video game. While it does look like a video game, it's a cognitive tool. So you select a play, you, you, you snap the ball, you drop back the pass, you snap the ball, and then a question pops up and it asks you, what's the coverage? You have a certain amount of time to answer the question. And of course, you watch any player on Sunday. If they make a bad decision as a quarterback, you know what happens. It's either a sack, it's an interception, it's something that's just not going to happen positively. If you have, if you answer the question correctly, then you watch the play carry out positively for the for the offense. They move the ball down the field. At the end of halftime, and at the end of the game, you get a you get an assessment for every question that you answered. And then it lets you know, hey, you need to work on this. And then you can go back into the virtual classroom with the coach to continue to improve your skills.
0: And where is this being used and what's the feedback been?
3: So far, the feedback has been positive. The the biggest thing that we've received from users are really our coaches. The coaches love it because this is an opportunity for them to be able to teach their players while they're away from the school. Many players uh, want to play Madden, and I respect that. Coaches want them to learn the functions of the game. Hey, what's cover three? What's cover two? And sometimes coaches are so inundated with lesson plans, preparing for a game that they don't have the time to sit in the classroom and go over these basic skills. So our coaches really love it. And so our next version is a subscription-based service for coaches, and they can put in the specific information that helps their team. Um, and so that, that's our next goal, but we have over 36,000 downloads of the tool that we currently have. It is a beta, so it's not fully developed, but it was a proof of concept so we can get to this next phase and develop our final product. And since our, our, our reviews have been good in terms of the users liking it, coaches liking it, we're ready to move on to this next stage.
1: Well, John, you, I see that you were uh, a former, uh, assistant quarterback coach for the Cleveland Browns, and this first version of the product really helps at the quarterback position. You mentioned the the snap time or the short amount of time. Just walk, walk our listeners through, when a, when that ball is snapped, how much time does a quarterback have to
3: read the defense and make a decision? Ooh, yeah, that can vary <laughs> depending on who you're playing. If you're playing the Ravens, you might have about 2.1 seconds, maybe usually they say from the time the ball hits your hands to the time you get to the top of your drop and you're ready to throw the ball anywhere between, and it depends on the concept, um, if it's quick game or it's drop back, anywhere between 2.2 to 2.9 seconds. <clears throat> and so the way this tool is designed, this first version, we just want to train the eyes of the quarterback. So as they're dropping back, they're looking at the defense. By the time they get to the top of their drop, In the real world, you need to be able to decide what is the defense doing. And so that's what the tool does. It helps you train your eyes. So now when your coach teaches you a concept, you've already recognized what they're doing, and now we can move to the next phase of your development, knowing where to throw the ball. And that's the next version. How did you find out about St. Louis? Found out about St. Louis from, you know, it was a couple of – co-founders that I knew in Dallas at the time that they were also looking for funding, looking for ways to build their company. We always passed information around. Uh, and sometimes when you're, when you're a startup, you get information, uh, you know, signing up through different um, platforms, uh, accelerators. And this came across my desk and I uh, started filling out the information and it felt like I was in the NCAA tournament final, you know, 60-14 tournament. Um, it was a process. We went through, you know, each round, and we were surviving every week. So it was exciting. I like what they were trying to do with the city. So we, you know, we didn't hesitate in applying.
1: And fifty thousand uh, dollars can really help an early stage company. What are your plans for this funding, and how will it help you
3: know move your your company forward? Yeah, great question. So for us. I think this uh, this first round of funding will just allow us to start to work on a small team using some of the great resources there in the city. Uh, and when I mean resources, I mean the local colleges and the community colleges, because we wanna help build out a small sales team. As we work on getting the software completed and developed, we wanna have a couple of people that can be at the trade shows, help with the marketing and some of the digital campaigns that we're putting together. And so we want to be able to have a team right there in the city, as well as also build out a full stack development team to partner with some of the teams that are working on our software. So it's kind of that there's some uh, multiple opportunities for job creation right there in the city, and that's kind of how we want to use it.
0: We're talking with John Tomlinson, Jr., who's the CEO and co-founder of Equalizer Games. And we've got, uh, you know, Travis, we, we talk about the different uh, expertises that the St. Louis area has. Financial technology, agriculture technology. We've spotlighted sports technology and the fact that we have Stadia Ventures, a VC firm in that realm that's sure. based here in St. Louis and was founded here. John, maybe we'll talk with you again when you're part of a cohort for Stadia Ventures. Potentially, is that is that something you're looking at? Uh, other, you know, follow-on funding sources.
3: Yeah, you know, it it, it definitely is one that I, I would look at. You know, I've had conversations with them in the past when I was in Texas about two years ago. So uh, that is definitely a, a conversation that we'll have a follow-on with pretty soon.
1: Well, John, before we let you go, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about. The collaborative nature that you're already seeing in St. Louis, uh, you know, running a startup is a team sport, not just the team that that you have, uh, you know, within the company, but the the supporting cast as well, uh, the coaches, if you will, that are really helping you move this forward. Can you talk a little bit about what you've uh, experienced so far as you're getting ready to, you know, move forward in the Arch Grants uh, active part of the cohort? What type of team is around you uh outside of your company what kind of support are you getting from the st louis community
3: you know that's a a great question one of the things that that was immediate for us uh, after we talked to one of the directors with arch grants was getting access to some mentors and some people that could really just provide great feedback and 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 that's exactly what happened i mean as soon as we got here we've been on calls pretty much every week Uh, with some different people with different skill sets from finance to just helping tighten up what investors are looking for. And so um, I I can't hesitate without saying that just the access to the people that we've met so far, they've been so, so helpful. And so, um, I mean, we're just getting started, but it's already been a huge benefit because they've been able to help us cover blind spots uh, if that's the right you know, phrase to use.
0: Well, for all the quarterbacks out there listening and interested, where do they go to get more information?
3: So there's two ways to do this. Uh, you can actually go to com to look at the beta version, and then you can click on Downloads when you get to that website, and it will take you right to the Apple Store or Google Play. The exciting part for us is, is it's starting with quarterbacks, but it moves to other positions here in the next 18 months. Uh, So this is this is the cool part about what we're doing. Well, we're starting here. We definitely have a plan for the future in other sports uh, from soccer to basketball. But everyone needs to have a platform where they can learn before they ever end up in a school program, uh, because this is this is just the foundation of learning. And and every kid loves to be on their phone. So this is an interactive way to be able to improve your skill set.
1: All right. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, Coach. Ah uh, Tomlinson, John Tomlinson from uh, the Equalizer Games Company uh, relocating to St. Louis as a result of Arch grants. Coach Tomlinson, thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Appreciate your time. Coming up, we've got more. Nothing impossible on KMOX.
2: St. Louis innovation with Michael and Travis. Nothing impossible on KMOX. All
0: right. Continuing our look at the latest startups that are moving to or staying here in St. Louis, thanks to getting an Arch grant. And we're going to talk with Infralytics right now. Chief Technology Officer Akish Vijaharan joins us. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me.
1: So, uh, Akash, before we jump into, um, you know, get too deep into the uh, what InfraLytics does first. Tell us uh, a little bit about how you heard about Arch Grants. We we will get into the company, your company itself, but how did you how did you come across Arch Grants?
4: Yeah, so it's actually an interesting story. So um, earlier this year, we were actually a part of the Capital Innovators NGA Accelerator Program, which was uh, co-sponsored by the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and it was around 12 week program. And during that program, we were actually introduced to the Arch Grants and Um, They mentioned, you know, moving to St. Louis was a great option for geospatial and AI companies such as ourselves. And we grabbed the opportunity right there. And explain to us what Infralytics does. So we're a geospatial and AI company. So what we do is we create algorithms to automate tasks that would take a human analyst or human engineer hours or days to do.
1: You know, what are what are some of those tasks that that you that you work on?
4: Yeah, so we work with um, complex data. For example, data from satellites or data captured from drones and identifying objects of interest and processing this data to extract more information. So for example, if you need to identify every single road, every single tree, every single house and get all of their dimensions from, the enti- from an entire city or a country, um, you can imagine how long it would take for a person to manually go through Google Maps and do it. Our algorithms can do it in a matter of seconds.
0: Yeah, can you talk a little bit more about, uh, for instance, we just heard from a a St. Louis company in the health insurance industry about how algorithms are helping to uh, cut down a human process that used to take 18 minutes and now it takes one second. Can you talk a little bit more about how your company also helps with that?
4: Sure, absolutely. So we work primarily, as I mentioned, in drone and satellite data. And in most cases, we work when there's scale of data. So when there's gigabytes or terabytes of data to analyze through, um, our algorithms basically help cut down tasks which have taken days. For example, identifying and measuring objects of interest from drone or satellite data, and now instead of you know creating a PDF report of let's say a building, getting its drawings, getting its dimensions, and identifying all defects on them, instead of taking a day to write this entire report in a Word document, our algorithms d- does it in a couple of minutes, like five to ten minutes for an entire house.
1: Well, wow, and you know, because you are so closely aligned and within the, the geospatial sector, uh, talk to us a little bit about the the St. Louis landscape, and specifically with NGA, how, how this is a uh, how this might be a nice match for what InfraLytics does, and what are the industries going within St. Louis.
4: Absolutely. I mean, if you're a geospatial company, St. Louis is the place to be. Um, this city, as far as I've seen, they've been expanding aggressively in inviting geospatial companies to set up office here, offices here. And there's a great ecosystem built around St. Louis, not just in terms of startups, but also of the big companies, as well as, as you mentioned, the NGA building a massive uh, facility out here in St. Louis. And in order for companies such as ours to succeed and grow, We need to be a part of an ecosystem. We can't be somewhere where an ecosystem doesn't exist, where the talent isn't readily available or customers aren't readily available. This just won't help us grow at a good pace. And with St. Louis, I believe they hit all the critical points that's needed to become a geospatial hub. And that's precisely why we moved here to the city.
0: You're coming from Des Moines, Iowa. Can you kind of compare and contrast what it was like growing a company there versus what you expect here?
4: Yes, absolutely. So in Iowa, the primary industries that we were selling our services and our products to were, you know, more of like the agricultural uh, and insurance. So, you know, quite conservative style businesses. And out here in St. Louis, we see there's much more of a diverse ecosystem and even the talent to hire. It's right here. Uh, Additionally, there's also a lot of opportunities to work with universities and government entities such as the NGA. And um, this is something we really didn't see happening out in Iowa, which is why we made the move.
1: As you're looking at this $50,000 grant from from Arch Grants, what are you going to do with that those dollars? How is this going to help the company?
4: Yeah, so we have two main goals with the investment that we got from Arch Grants. The first one would be to. Um, Hire someone part time to help with sales and marketing, especially here out in St. Louis, because we want to tap into the market here, get more sales going. And the second way we'd like to, um, the second way we'd like to uh, use the cash is again for doing more marketing for a new product that we're releasing. So the product is called Verified Data Analytics, and it's a one-click drone scanning solution for insurance and contracting clients who, you know, do house restoration or commercial uh, building restoration. And we're investing into this product and trying to take it to market.
1: And I I think the last last thing I'd love to know is um, what does the future look like for the company? You know, project out in, you know, three to five years, especially 2025 when the NGA is fully open. Uh, How do you see your company growing with the success and growth of the industry here?
4: Uh, yeah, it looks quite positive and bright. So, we've already, you know, done some work through the accelerator program for the NGA and the results were quite good. So, we, you know, we believe that moving forward we're going to apply for more uh, contracts and grants through the NGA and become a part and you know, be fully embed ourselves into this ecosystem and get more customers right here and If there's a place for geospatial products and services to be sold and built, it's in St. Louis, and we intend to take full advantage of it.
0: You know, the NGA talks about how they're going to have unclassified space for the first time, uh, not the whole thing, but elements where, where companies like yours can come in and do collaboration. Can you, can you take us, because that's, you know, people hear a spy agency building its headquarters in unclassified space. Can you take us inside what it's like to work with NGA and what you anticipate as they build this, what it's going to become like?
4: Sure, absolutely. Um, so the place where it's set up right now is the T-Rex Center um, out in downtown St. Louis. And interestingly, our office is just one floor above it in the geospatial innovation center in T-Rex. So we're located right there where they are um, with the moonshot labs. That's the unclassified space. And my understanding of this is it's built for companies such as ours to collaborate with the NGA. If we do get a research project or a contract or some opportunity to work with them, this would be the place for companies like us to collaborate with the analysts from the agency and, you know, exchange information, ideas, and build something great upon it.
1: To learn more about the company, how can they get in touch? What, you know, what's the website?
4: Uh, So our website is uh, www.infralytics.com. It's I-N-F-R-A- L-Y-T-I-K-S. It's InfraLytics with a K. So that's our website. And you can see some of the work that, work that we've done, the products that are out there. And there's even some interesting 3D demos on our website that you can check out once you go there.
0: Excellent, excellent. The CTO, Chief Technology Officer of InfraLytics, Akash Vidraharan, thank you so much for joining us on KMOX in St. Louis. Yep.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. Great interview.
1: All right, and thank you all for listening this week. We'll be back next week with more Nothing Impossible. Don't forget to check out the podcast on the Odyssey app.
0: We'll talk to you then. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New
2: iPhone 15s? You spin over
0: here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.